Warning. Drunk driving does not promote in any way drunk driving. This is simply an inebriated discussion about cars. So seriously, no drunk driving. Welcome to Drunk Driving. To introduce ourselves, I'm Benton Reynolds, and this is my compatriot, Hank Steele. Hey, guys. So we'd like to introduce you to Drunk Driving. I think we'd like to, we'd like to have a good time, preface it by saying we've had a few beers, we've had a few drinks. Yeah. We are, of course, over 21, so... Drunk Driving. Drunk Driving. So, so here we are. We're going to talk about cars, bikes, and whatever else strikes our fancy in our drunken revelry. So I think we're going to start by talking about a uh, former Jalopnik writer and current website Hell for Leather magazine writer Wes Seiler recently crashed his motorcycle, breaking his arm. Yeah, no, so I'm pretty sure, um, I will double check in a second, he was doing a trip through the desert with Sean Smith. Um, yeah, no, so he was uh, 18, 18 miles into the desert and hours away from a hospital. He crashed... But because he was riding with a buddy, Sean Smith uh, managed to get him out and get him to a hospital very safely. Did very he ride safe. him on the back of the other guy's motorcycle? Yeah, no. He had him on the back of the bike, like bleeding off the back. Like <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, no. So, West Tyler, fucking bows. Broken arm sitting on the back of someone's, like, jixer or something. <laughs> yeah, so they're safe, fun. Uh, well, not fun, but they're safe. Uh and uh, sitting in Arizona, as far as I'm concerned, maybe in New York by now. But um, well, he's a favorite writer of ours. So by far, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Very nice, huge proponent of motorcycling. Definitely Living recommend in, you check out those two websites: hellforleather.com Hell for Hell and jalopnik.com. Uh, both a motorcycle and an automotive enthusiast. Very much, both of them are in the same vein. Just one for motorcycle, one for cars. But I definitely recommend looking at that. Okay, so um, moving on. Um, so something we wanted to talk about tonight, because we've talked about a lot in the last mm -hmm. several weeks in our inebriated uh, <laughs> car discussions, about uh, Hyundai, um, the spunky automaker out of Korea. The new out Honda, to, as they say. Out to out Lexus Lexus <laughs> and France. out cheapen Toyota. Um, Hyundai has this wonderful car called the genesis coupe um it's <laughs> available dude coupe really <laughs> fuck off coupe. so the genesis <laughs> coupe as you say um so the uh current uh genesis coupe uh with either a 2.4 liter turbocharged very it's a, tunable it's engine a two liter it's a, it's a, a two, two liter ot oh yeah it's like a fucking audi whatever um <laughs> But, um, and then there's also the 3.8 the V6, which produces, I think, right, three or five horsepower. And recently, Hyundai released in their Genesis and soon to be, and soon to be released in the Equus, however the fuck you say it, sedan, the five liter V8 that, they, that Hyundai recently created. The Tau V8. People have been saying that, that 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 is the bomb, that that's the, a great engine. So the 5.0 five Type R Genesis is supposed to be. A comfortable yet sporty sedan um, from all those who have test-driven it that yeah. we've heard from. And it's got this wonderfully built 
V8 from South Korea um, produces what 465? You said? No, I think it's like 430, 435 okay. horsepower. So still 400 plus horsepower. 415 foot pounds torque. Yeah, so that shit's an ama- amazingly <laughs> powerful engine. I'm assuming not especially heavy and pretty. There's cool there's no too. reason why they couldn't drop it into an updated Genesis with a longer hood. <laughs> exactly. That's, all you gotta do. that's exactly what we we're trying to get at. It's um, it's compact. It's nice. It will fit in the coupe. The coupe. Sorry. Um, <laughs> shut up. Um, and uh, we think it would make an awesome addition to the muscle car wars with South Korea challenging the Americans with the the Mustang, the Camaro, Challenge the Challenger. Man. Um, but there's also been rumors that Kia is supposed to be coming out with a, a approximately sixty to eighty grand luxury V8 touring supercar. Here's what it is. So um, Hyundai and Kia paired together. So uh, rumors about a month, month and a half ago said that Kia was going to be producing a V8 sports car um, about the size of the uh, what is it, the seed or. Their small coupe, the Forte coupe. Oh, the Forte. Um, so it was about to be the Solid size car. It was going to be the size of the Forte coupe, but um, rear drive and V8 power from the Hyundai. Dude, that'd be, Tau V8. that would be redonkulous. It would be, but in addition, Hyundai Kia is not going to just make the same car twice, one with a higher badge. They're going to probably stick with that pretty small, cheap Forte coupe V8, and then what they'll likely do is develop potentially a rear engine platform Hyundai supercar um, that will be on par with like the LFA mm. and uh, the, G- that maybe would be the GTR. Bold it'll, move by by Hyundai. It'll probably be closer to the Nissan GTR, but um definitely Yeah, that would be a that would be a legit competitor, especially especially if it was priced competitively. If you if you priced it at ten grand cheaper than the GTR as Kia or Hyundai is, is wants to do. Or, really... And, um, and almost as good com- performance. That's exactly what they did with the Genesis Coupe and the G37. So, actually, I think it would be better um, to not quite take that approach, but more so go towards a very light, kind of almost Italian-style supercar platform where you get a light really? car, rear engine, and then you essentially have something like the NSX... Instead of something like the LFA, because I think the NSX oh. was even above the GTR, probably yeah. one of the most popular. I mean, and an NSX today would would be competitive. A well-driven NSX would be competitive with a GTR, uh, but I, I think it'd be really neat to see that because you know, as much as I, as much as I really like the new five O Mustang, you know, everybody's been raving about it. Uh, I'm really concerned about the five O Mustang because like the transmission, manual transmission problem. Uh, if you don't already know, the, this has been blowing up the forums recently with um, people who get the the either V6 or V8 Mustang with man, six-speed manual transmissions um, from an uh, apparently shady manufacturer having a, a 20 to 30% failure rate, and Ford is refusing to acknowledge the problem. So that makes me really hesitant to go for, a, go for the Mustang because, you know, <laughs> yeah, purists but- here, we're not going to get an automatic... Okay, but so. still, um, with the 5.0, I mean, you have the 5.0, but then you have a lot of people who really want like the more performance end of things instead of just a V8 Mustang with a manual so they feel cool. Um, but like the real enthusiasts are going for the Boss, and that has an updated transmission. They're just not, that's not making enough of them. It's, it's, there's not enough of them. Oh, 
Because they're already all sold out. Or almost, or very, very nearly. Wait, of the boss? Of the boss, yeah. They only made Shit, like 1500 They only damn. made 1500 And they came out almost like, or at least they started talking about them and probably accepting pre-orders like a year ago. Huh. We've been oh. hearing about it. That but I know the, the, I know if you upgrade a 5.0 to the Shelby transmission, uh, you avoid the problem because the Shelby transmission is made in the U.S., whereas the other one is made in China. Oh, well, so that's potentially why, why this issue is occurring. Gotta love that <laughs> Chinese quality manufacturing. <laughs> anyway, so we've been talking about some big cards, particularly um, additions to the muscle car war and some problems in the muscle cars right now. Um, there's some new updates in the small world, too. Yeah, there's some I kind of want to talk about that I've noticed recently. So um, I had a day probably last week where I was walking around campus and I saw not one, but two new Fiat 500s, or Cinquecentos, as you Italians like to call them. Um, it, was, it was strange, because at the start of the summer, I was in uh, Budapest doing a project. But I came, and I saw a bunch of tiny cars, and, you know, whatever. Yeah, I expect to see yeah. that in fucking Europe. But I come back here, and I see two Fiat 500s in the same day, and the freaking Snarf's smart car delivery car i'm just like small what car, the hell small car st louis man. st louis has gone back to being european yeah this, we have all this, these tiny this show cars. is based in st louis and there's recently opened up a fiat dealership in st louis i drive past it on my on my way to and from oh, work oh yeah it's on 170 but on 170 and um it's selling like crazy there's been a full lot but i i see people walking around on the lot the whole time and I, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Abarth version. I think that would be a uh, worthy girlfriend car for the awesome girlfriend who you teach to drive stick and it, you know you probably can maybe give a go at, at, at banging in the, in the back seat, but I don't that's, think that's very true. I don't like, think that's gonna happen in the smart car or the 500. Yeah, no, it would be totally I, the perfect hot chick car. It would be, but it'd be the perfect hot chick car, but. Uh, you know, I, I just can't, I can't say that I, I think they're particularly practical cars. At least they're cheaper than the Mini Cooper, which is the absolute worst deal on a car ever. The Mini Cooper? The Mini Cooper. They're well, so expensive. Okay. They're, they're so expensive. But no, hold on a second. So my mom has a green Mini Cooper S and I gotta say, I fucking love that car. It's small, it's sporty, it's but fun. I've it test driven like it. a tractor. I've test driven it and it is just I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's so slow. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. God. It's clearly you were not doing it right. It was miserable. That thing I had I, I, I got the the manual, the six speed manual version, man, and it just it just was not doing it acceleration wise. It's slower than my I have a old RSX, not even type S. And my RSX is faster than that freaking Type S Mini Cooper. I test drove it, and you it was were doing it right then. It was a scrub cake. Oh, I don't know. My mom's car's awesome, so whatever. Um, but mom's aside. <laughs> um, also, kind of in the small market, there's something I just kind of wanted to joke about a bit at this point. Is uh, I read somewhere that Subaru is looking to seriously grow in the U.S. market because. They've had a lot of sales increases recently, and maybe there's some new laws out east. Maybe a whole bunch more lesbians are buying Subarus or something, but, like, 
Super Sorry weeks. if that offends you. I'm kind of crass when I'm drunk. But, um, no, like, Subaru is looking to expand its growth, even as they're cutting out, it's like, di- Travis Pastrana and Ken Block with the racing team. You know how they're doing it. And they have, like, no, like, no, the, the no, WRX no, no. is a shadow. Let me tell you how they're doing it. They have a small but dedicated engineering team, and they build, they update the, the, the Impreza every year or every other year they updated it in 2008 they updated the STI to the some semi unpopular wagon but as but as soon as they rece- started receiving that feedback a year or two later then they're like all right 2011 we'll build a sedan and 2009 they fi- they changed the WRX the the not the STI but the WRX and updated it update gave it a new engine gave it a new suspension package they updated it again okay, in 2010. Okay, okay, okay. Subaru is updating again You're, in 2012. I get the idea. I get the idea. They love the Impreza, the WRX, and the STI. But something else that I read, kind of pretty much right next to the same article, is that they want to have uh, and fully launch three new models by 2016. So what, I can assume what, what genres? So here they have crossovers and here, SUVs and wagons. Hush. So here's what I think. It will likely be one. It will be their rear drive Scion FRS variant uh, in a Subaru set of clothing. Oh, that's um, right. That will be one. Um, I think they'll do a new SUV replacing the Tribeca, uh, a new crossover, kind of like Nissan Murano-sized ugly ass SUV, um, and then probably uh, something. Around oh. the size of an Outback, or so they're not. So it's not. It's not brand new models, are no. they? They're no. They're three new models. There's something that's a new SUV, a new sports car, and a new something around the Outback. I feel like I don't know. I feel like especially with the Outback thing, they already have that market saturated. They already have the W, the Impreza wagon. They have the yep, Legacy Wagon. They have the like the Tribeca, which is like a small SUV. No, the Tribeca is fucking huge. And I think I don't know if they still it's make it, but they'll SUV. probably do something with that soon. Because big a SUV is like Cadillac Escalade. That's a big SUV. Yeah, no, but like Porsche no, the Tribeca. Cayenne, the Tribeca compares to nothing in its class, and nobody really likes it. It's like a fucking Buick Enclave or something. Mm. But. Um, oh god, horrible insults. Yeah, no, they need something new. Lebuick. Dude, yeah. they should make the GNX. Agreed. I don't, I don't think they have the ability. Completely new topic, by the way. But, um, <laughs> no, the Buick GNX, um, now that they're re-releasing the, uh, Regal, um, uh, as a, uh, Opel. And they just need to have a Grand National, man. Yeah, no, so they have the, uh, Regal. So the, uh, what we're talking about is the Regal Grand National, um, the 1987 GNX model, which had an engine designed by McLaren with um, a... It was uh, the fastest car of the era, and it was a Buick. It was a Buick V6 with a McLaren built and tuned uh, twin-turbo enhancement that, at the time, 1987, was faster off the line than a Lamborghini Countach. The dream car of the area. Of the era. Um, And the car looked like a Darth Vader helmet. Freaking Buick. Yeah, so it's a Buick. Um, but GM has a wonderful platform, the Zeta platform, a great rear drive, solid platform. Or I don't know, think that no, that that platform's too big for a GNX man because they no. already have it in the CCSV 
and the ZL1. No, okay. They've so, already gotten that taken care of. Zeta platform performance so car. So the other wise. option, the other option is the uh, the Malibu, or no, not the Malibu. The um, what's the Monte Carlo chassis? A little shorter. What? Um, solid, perfect for a GNX because it's relatively compact. The it's Monte rear drive. Carlo. And they discontinued that like a couple years ago, though. No, they did. Oh, probably. But it is the same size, like the original GNX, same platform as the Monte Carlo. All they need to do is update the old Monte Carlo frame and uh, chassis. But the new Monte Carlo, the most recent Monte Carlo, was a, a front-wheel drive V8. No, it wasn't. It was rear drive. Trust me. I... That's what they base fucking NASCARs on. It's rear drive. Don't worry about it. All right. I think it's a piece of shit, but... It is. <laughs> but if they were to make it a proper, lightweight, blackout sports car, like a GNX, which is really good at going straight a GNX, then fucking hell. Put it on the old Monte Carlo platform, give it a massive engine, paint it black, give it a turbos. Uh, LS7 or something? Just throw an LS7 in it? Something stupid? Something ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, no one can drive that, okay. by the way. <laughs> yeah, Z06? No. no. Well, here, here's something I want to talk about. Um, we kind of want to wrap up pretty soon. So, um, today... I discovered this uh, wonderful artist, uh, musician, named Skrillex, who uh, is... Oh, God. He basically is the first guy to make dubstep that is um, actually listenable to. Um, so he's a dubstep hipster, is yeah, what you're saying? More or less. Well, sort of. So he makes <laughs> great melodies that are um, supplanted by heavy bass that goes something like... Womp, 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 womp. So I have uh, devised... The perfect Skrillex car, because so the the Skrillex um, dubstep glitch style is something like some cross between house, metal, and hipsterness. Because oh if you look God. at Skrillex, he's got half of his head shaved and giant ass hipster glasses, even though he's got long ass black hair and is really nerdy and has black t-shirts and stuff. So he really fits all of those genres. So the kind of car I would imagine Skrillex driving. And a Explains Skrillex me. fan enjoying is a uh, eighty-eight E thirty three twenty-five IS. Um, I think you mean an IROC Camaro is what you mean. No, no, a three twenty-five IS <laughs> with uh, essentially slammed suspension and really big black um, wide rubber, wide rubber and big black rims. <sighs> Um, with a really big uh, sound system blasting Skrillex as they go down the road, going slow. <laughs> yeah. So, I realized that Skrillex, his real name is Sonny Moore, but whatever. Stupid uh, recording guy giving me notes. <laughs> what a <Yeah>. fake. <laughs> um, but no, so, essentially, E30, 325IS, blacked out, slammed. Black rims, the M3? big sound system. No, not the M3. because the Too expensive? It's too expensive. You don't want to fuck up an M3. But you take a 325 IS, you can do whatever the fuck you want to that. Um, take oh it to an God. autocross track, turn it into a drifter. That'd what I was getting at is you have this, you have a blacktop car, really loud, and then, so you go down, do the lowrider thing, but when you get to the streets and the corners and when you ever have to do a turn, burnout slash drift through whatever you're so you gonna get a little you're bit of that destroy the front bumper though when you hit a pothole. <laughs> Probably, but whatever. It's a fucking Skrillex or 30. construction or whatever. 
it's the only problem with like nearly slammed car. That's why I'm like nervous. To, you know, after when I get finally get money, presumably, I'm not getting it. You know, uh, Nissan 370Z. They're so low. I feel like I would just destroy my bumper in some of the roads in you know Chicago and St. Louis, which is primarily. Oh, thanks, asshole. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Goddamn annoying recording guy. He doesn't know shit about cars. He's like, I'm not going to talk. Ryan McComb, introduce yourself. How's it going? I'm Ryan. I am a sober recording tech, and I drive a 2003 Honda Element. Oh, and it's and it's falling apart because yeah, you drive apart. it to hell. That is true. <laughs> That's yeah. honestly the way that car is meant to be driven. So I respect that, although it is an Honda Element. Fair. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, I saw uh, a bright green, like the uh, neon green Challenger SRTA, like the mean green edition today, driving to work. Seriously? That thing was Looks like so a fucking cool. Cuda. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be sweet, man. If they brought that back as like a... <laughs> I don't even know what they would bring it back as, but... What, the Cuda? Some variant of the Barracuda. I don't see how... They have to multi-brand it. They, they probably have to make back. it a Chrysler, but I don't see the Chrysler making a like, muscle car, considering that Chrysler's trying to move in a... American-slash-European-Italian direction. I, I, I don't see that fitting at all. Yeah. It's... An, it's sucks, though, because that'd be a sweet car, but... It was based on the same platform as the Challenger. No, see, I think the Challenger is really underrated because it's the most practical of the muscle cars. You have a full-size backseat, full-size trunk, real-world suspension tuning. So, no, it's not great. And, no, you're never going to autocross it. But if you bring it to a track, you can be a douchebag and drift every turn because that's what that car is for. I get a Challenger RT for thirty-three grand with... That pistol grip manual and the, and the track package and the 2011 model, they updated the suspension package to make it far better, but still a nice highway tour. It's a nice everyday car because, you know, if you get a, a 5.0 Mustang with, you know, the Brembo brake package and 373, the suspension's kind of taut for everyday driving. I test drove it, man, and it was sweet, but, you know, running into some potholes can get kind of brutal with that, you know live suspension that jankety forward mustang suspension just like gets super skittish and it's super harsh so man you know that challenger would be really nice when in real world real real life and then if you ever were going to take it to a track you could just troll along and drift the whole time and it's like screw getting a fast time because you're not going to beat a 370z around the track not going to happen but who cares? Because you drift the whole time. Okay. You know, that's right, my right. opinion. All right. I'm going to cut off your rant right there. So, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, you've heard Bet and Rant and me kind of bitch about the auto industry. Uh, <laughs> this is We're going to try this for a few weeks, see how it goes, see if anybody likes it, listens to it, if we get a subscription base. Um, so, check us out. Um, Drunk driving podcast. Drunk driving. We don't actually condone actual drunk driving. We are simply drunk while talking about driving. So my <laughs> name is Hank Steele. This is Benton Reynolds. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace. See you next week.